Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Go with me, if you will, to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Y'all doing good on this Wednesday night? It's midweek. Hallelujah. We have been taking a, a journey now for a while in discovering uh, some of the spiritual matters of the life of a believer, some of the components that we need to really engage in if we are truly going to accomplish what God has called us to do in the earth. And that is understanding that this life that we're called to live, we're called to live by the Spirit, not merely out of the flesh. You know, the flesh and the, our natural uh, way of doing things has a place. It, it has a place. I'm not trying to diminish or completely move aside that, you know, that we shouldn't have any kind of natural elements. Of course, there's a place to it, but the goal is to be led by the Spirit and then allow any kind of natural component, natural resource, natural leading, natural um, um, ability to follow what the Holy Spirit is doing. And what happens is, is we allow our natural to get out in front of the spiritual, okay? We allow the natural ways, the natural mind, the natural course of action to lead the way, and then the Holy Spirit becomes relegated to our little boxes that we come up with. And so we're learning to shift this thing around and say, Holy Spirit, how would you have me use this natural component, this natural resource, this natural element? So we're trying to get this thing in the right order. Remember, Paul told the Galatian church, he said, you began this thing in the spirit. Why would you try to finish this thing in the flesh, right? And so uh, there's a recognizing that um, we have to allow uh, the spiritual matters. And what we're recognizing is that there's really just been a lack of teaching. Usually a lack of, of operation is because there's a lack of teaching, there's a lack of awareness, or that there's misinformation. Um, you know, we, we either don't operate in things of the Spirit either out of fear you know, the, the devil has presented the spiritual matters that we're journeying into and walking into from a, a position standpoint of fear, fear of getting out of, out of control, fear of, of operating um, outside of the will of God. And a lot of the verses that we read, even 1 Corinthians 12 and, 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 and chapter 14, we have now uh, deemed that as Paul rebuking the church for operating in the gifts to begin with, and he never discouraged them from operating in these gifts. On the contrary, he did the very opposite. He was encouraging them to use them. I mean, the very first verse that we see here in chapter 12, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, that's the church, I do not want you to be ignorant. He's, he's moving them not away from it, but toward it. And so, you know, a, a lot of times when something goes haywire or something doesn't go according to plan or it doesn't make sense to the natural mind, we, we to get out of one ditch, we clear the road and get all the way into the other one, right? 
And so, you know, it's all about finding that balance. It's not about, you know, well, grandma didn't get healed, so he must not still be healing. Let me jump all the way over to the other ditch. No, there's, there, there are some things we've got to learn to appropriate and some things that we've got to learn to walk in and some things we've got to learn to develop. And we're never to judge God's word by our own personal experiences. I mean, on the very matters that we're talking about, if anybody could, could, could say, you know what, this stuff isn't for, day, for today or this stuff is other. I, I, I've been in some services and I've been in some circles where it's like, that wasn't the Holy Ghost. You can call it the Holy Ghost all you want, but that wasn't the Holy Ghost. That was all you. That was all flesh. And so, you know, the Holy Spirit takes a bad rap sometimes uh, and gets blamed for things that he never had a hand in, never had anything to do with. But that doesn't mean that these things are irrelevant. That doesn't mean these things are not to be taught. These things are not to be done away or to be done away with. They're not to be in existence. God wants us to learn how to apply these things and use these things in the proper ways. So let's start there. Verse 1, now concerning spiritual gifts. Brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however, you were led, therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So right there off the bat, he's, he's, already, addressing, um, he's already addressing an issue that was going on in this church particularly. This whole First Corinthian letter is just addressing problem after problem after problem with this church. And apparently, there were people that were standing up and saying, by the, by the Spirit of God, and calling Jesus accursed. And obviously, Paul's bringing correction to that, okay? But he goes on further, and he gives us some distinction of how these gifts ought to operate. Verse 4, he says, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. That means different, by the way. Different gifts. And then the next verse, verse 5, he says, there are differences of ministries. So he's using the same word that was uh, translated in the previous verse as diversity. He's using the same word, same Greek word there. Diversities, differences. He's just interchanging them. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. And then he says this in verse 7, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all, for the benefit of all, for the strengthening of all, the encouraging of all. He immediately, before he gets into breaking these down, and we're going to jump into a few of them, or you know, we'll, we'll just see how far we get. But the first thing he does is he lets them know the purpose of, and this is why this is important, because um, my gift is a teacher. I, I, I can teach, and I can teach to a degree where I can break it down to, I mean, you know, if, if we wanted to, I could get into classroom format with this. And what I want us to be aware of and what I am striving to be careful of is to not lose the spirit and the intent behind why the gifts were given. Because here's what can happen is in me teaching and breaking down, and we're going to divide these out one by one. But what you need to understand is that these gifts work in harmony with one another. 
okay? And so I'm only breaking them apart for the sake of teaching. I'm only breaking them down one by one, all nine of them, for the sake of teaching, but I'm not doing it so we can create some religious protocol and procedure and become so rigid with with understanding the gifts that we lose the heart and the intent of the Father. And so sometimes you teach things to bring clarity, but if we're not careful, it'll move us away from the heart of the Father and we'll become real religious in our activity of it and are reducing it down to just a protocol and a procedure, and you, re, you forget that there are people that the Lord is ministering to, that there, there, there are uh, diversities of gifts, diversities of ministries, diversities of operations, but at the end of the day, it's for the intent of encouraging and building up and the profit of the church. It's never for the lifting up of man. One thing that I do need to, to, to give you, I probably should have given this to you sooner, We need to highlight this, that not one of these gifts were ever meant to replace your personal walk, faith, development, and growth spiritually. I'll say that again. Not one of these gifts was meant to replace your personal walk, faith, development, and growth in the things of the Spirit. What do I mean by that? I'll take prophecy. Prophecy is a a pretty common one where this takes place. Where people start seeking to find a prophet and to get a prophetic word or find a prophetic ministry. Never in the Word of God are we encouraged to go get a word. There's an instance uh, in Uh, the Bible of King Saul sought out uh, a medium, sought out a a spiritual, right, to, to, to get a word on something. That is... And so what what people have done is they've taken these gifts. I have sickness in my body, so I need to go find someone that operates in a gift of healing or a working of miracles. No, you don't. Because Mark chapter 16, verse 15 says, you will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And as we learned last week, that's for all believers. These gifts were given to aid us in our development. Again, for the profit of all, not for the developing and raising up of a minister or a ministry. But not one of these gifts removes or eliminates your responsibility to grow in these capacities. Tongues and interpretation. Well, Paul said, if you pray in in the spirit, pray that you receive the interpretation. I don't need someone else to give me the interpretation. The Holy Spirit can reveal to me the interpretation if I need to know it. If I get a tongue and I need to know, he'll make my mind fruitful is what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. You You don't need to go seeking a prophetic word because you have the word of God. You don't need to go seeking uh, 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 somebody that has a, a, a healing ministry or go get in another prayer line. I mean, I, I, I've seen people, they just bounce from prayer line to prayer line to prayer line, wearing themselves out. When you can pray for healing in your own body, and Jesus can touch you right where you're at. 
okay? So not one of these gifts are meant to replace your spiritual growth. You don't need a word of knowledge to replace your, uh, your responsibility to study the word of God for yourself. You don't need to go seeking someone to give you a word of wisdom when the Holy Spirit can speak to you directly and give you instruction on what to do next. So I got to be very, very uh, uh, upfront and deliberate with that because what we do is we, we start seeking gifts. We start seeking ministries. We start seeking men and women of God that operate in these gifts. So we got to recognize that that's not why uh, he gave us these gifts to, to eliminate our responsibility to do what his word instructs us to do. Okay? So I want to make that clear uh, because that's not why these gifts were given. Now, let's get into it here. Verse, start with verse 7 again. The manifestation of the Spirit. Remember, it's the Spirit manifesting himself is given to each one for the profit of all. Verse 8. For to one is given the word of wisdom. Through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings. And I want you to notice this. Well, as I mentioned it, we're going to get to this later. But notice gifts of healings is plural. Okay? All the other ones are singular. But gifts, plural, of healings plural. We'll get into that later. By the same Spirit. Verse 10, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. And then verse 11 wraps up and says, but one and the same Spirit. So again, he's recognizing, I'm going to break these down for you one by one for the sake of teaching, but it's the same Spirit that distributes, that works in all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Okay? Let's break down these gifts. We basically have three categories of three gifts. There's nine gifts, three times three is nine, right? So we've got three different categories, each holding three gifts in each category. The first category that we want to see is what we would call the revelation gifts. The revelation gifts. These three gifts that would fall into the category of revelation gifts is the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, and the discerning of spirits. The word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, and the discerning of spirits. These three gifts are given for the purpose of revealing something. The second category of gifts is what we would call the utterance gifts or the speaking gifts. The utterance gifts or speaking gifts. These gifts would include tongues, would include tongues, interpretation of tongues, the interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. Okay? 
These would be your speaking gifts or your utterance gifts. And then the last category is what we call the power gifts. The power gifts. These would include the gift of faith. The gifts of healings. Again, recognize that that is plural. Gift of faith. Gifts of healings. And then the last one in this category would be the working of miracles. The working of miracles. Notice that we have three gifts that reveal something. Three gifts that say something. And three gifts that do something. We have three gifts that reveal something. Three gifts that say something. Three gifts that do something. Remember, we've been stressing this for the last several weeks that the gifts of the Spirit were given to align earth with heaven. They all go back to the purpose of let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It is to reconcile and to bring back into alignment what's been broken, what's been lost, what's been confused, what's been destroyed. We saw that they are twofold, that when the gifts are in operation, they one, bring heaven to earth, and two, destroy the works of the devil. It's the same position, but it does two different actions. When I'm bringing heaven to earth, I am at the same time simultaneously destroying the works of the devil. Okay? The Bible says that Jesus was anointed and full of the Holy Spirit, had the Holy Spirit come upon him, right? And so that was to what? Destroy the works of the devil. He went about doing good, healing all that were sick and oppressed. He said that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to heal the brokenhearted, set at liberty the captives, restore sight to the blind, you know, the whole thing, Luke chapter 4. So we're bringing into alignment earth and heaven once again as it ought to be. And simultaneously destroying the works of the devil. And in doing so, the three ways that God brings the earth into alignment is either by revealing something, by saying something, or by doing something. And then he's given us nine gifts that help us do those actions. These are the the ministries. If you remember over in Ephesians chapter 4, we see that Jesus gave gifts unto men, right? The fivefold ministry gifts. Those are gifts as well. These are the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives, but the fivefold ministry are the gifts that Jesus gives. And it says that the gifts were given for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. The equipping of the saints for the work of Ministry. Now, ministry can include any level of service that the body of Christ can provide to the earth. Okay? That, that's, that's any level of service. But specifically, what he's talking about in that passage is the ministry of these gifts in operation. Ultimately, these gifts were designed to be in operation amongst the body of Christ, not merely limited to pastors, apostles, prophets, teachers, and evangelists. 
that doesn't diminish our role. It actually increases our role because now we are serving you and helping develop you to operate in these gifts of the Spirit in your life. And these gifts of the Spirit, as we're learning on Sundays, as we're learning the power of the ecclesia, the power of the local church, is that these gifts are not meant to merely be operating in the confines of these four walls. These are gifts that can operate in cubicles, in drive-thrus, in stores, on soccer fields, in hospitals, then the byways and the highways. They should be happening on a regular basis, 24-7, around the clock, anywhere, anytime, any place. Okay? You really understand the church as we know it. It was never meant to be relegated to a a, a gathering of people in a, in a common place that simply go through religious activity hearing the word preached. Again, that doesn't diminish what we do. There's a need for the gathering. But the gathering is to empower us to go do. We gather, then we go. I remember a church that we attended growing up. Maybe some of y'all have seen this before. It had a sign above the doorway on the way out that said, you are now entering the mission field. Anybody ever seen a church do that? You're now, you're now reaching your assignment. That the power of the church doesn't even begin until you get out of here. <laughs> until I send you on your way. We love our long services. We love staying here, you know, and, and seeing people fall out and seeing people touched and seeing people healed. But we've got to love doing it out there just as much as we love seeing it in here. Okay? And so these nine gifts were not meant to just be relegated to, to services amongst brethren and amongst believers. We've got to recognize that, that God is up to something much bigger, much bigger than just helping us fill seats in here. Much bigger than that. This is necessary, but what is, is seated must be sent. What is seated must be sent. Okay, the first one that we're going to jump into tonight, probably the only one that we'll jump into tonight. Some of these may need more, uh, you know, time. Some may not. First one we'll jump into tonight is word of knowledge. Word of knowledge. A word of knowledge. By definition of word of knowledge is a supernatural revelation. A supernatural revelation by the Holy Spirit of certain facts of certain facts in the mind of God. Word of knowledge is a supernatural revelation by the Holy Spirit of certain facts in the mind of God. These facts can pertain to people, places, and things. These facts can pertain to people, places, and things. This knowledge is knowledge that can only be gained on a supernatural level. It's not gained by studying. It's not gained on natural inner in intellect at all. It's direct, directly informed by the Holy Spirit, okay? 
There's a key word that we need to highlight here in both word of knowledge and word of wisdom, and it's the word, word. Word. This means that when we receive a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom, we only receive in part, we do not receive in whole. A word is merely a fragment of a sentence. It is not the whole sentence. We know God has all knowledge, doesn't he? God is uh, omnipresent, he's omniscient, and he's omni, uh, omnipotent. Omniscient means all-knowing. He, God never learns anything. <laughs> right? God can never say, I never knew that. He, he knows it all. He's known it all from the beginning. He knows the past, present, and future. Okay? But God never reveals all. He never reveals all. But he'll reveal in part. He'll reveal in part. And so we have to understand the word is not, the, the, the word of knowledge is not the totality of it. It just, it gets us started in a direction. It gets us uh, just a, a, enough information that we recognize, okay, that's God. That's God. Uh, when Dr. Gee was here, I'll refer to him. I mean, he, he basically helped me in this series because he demonstrated about half of these gifts when he was here. And there were times where he would have someone stand up and with pinpoint accuracy because either I knew the situation ahead of time or I confirmed with those or he asked them, am I telling the truth? And they responded and said, yes, sir, you're telling the truth. That with pinpoint accuracy, he would name things, call things out. That's a word of knowledge. There was absolutely no way for him to walk in here from Dallas, Texas, and come in here in a service and randomly pick a person in service and know exactly a condition that they were going through, whether it's spiritual, whether it was physical, whether it was mental, whether it was financial. But by a word of knowledge, was able to pinpoint you're, you're dealing with shoulder pain. I mean, some of them he was able to name you know, body parts. Some of it was like locations. Some of it was, uh, I remember there was a young lady that came down here that he was ministering with and, and calling out a scenario or a circumstance. And you can tell when someone's getting ministered to. I mean, it's obvious. There, there's no doubt about it. There was no interview in the back. I say that because, you know, in the 90s, we had all kinds of funny business going on. In fact, I lived right in the middle of it. There's, there's a pastor in Dallas, Texas right now, Pastor Gerald Brooks. He said, I had one 20 miles to the west of me. I had one 20 miles to the north of me. And I had one 20 miles to the south of me. And none of them are in ministry today. Because they elevated their gift above the word. That was the danger. But Gerald Brooks knew being a Rama graduate and, and, and learning from, past, from Brother Hagen, stay with the word. Stay with the, I mean, if I remember anything past Brother Hagen used to say, it was stay with the word. Stay with the word. You will never go wrong staying with the word. It might not be uh, the, the, the most radical. It might not be the most sensational. It might not be the most fanatical. But we're not here for entertainment. We're here for the profit of all. We're not here to entertain you. We're not here to put on a show. We're not here to blow you away. 
Because what happens is when these gifts get in operation, people want to come watch. They want to come spectate. I heard about what's happening down at Anchor Faith Church. I heard about that guy you brought in. I heard about that minister that you're coming. And they'll just come in just to see. I mean, I remember there was, you know, real popular uh, healing evangelist. I mean, he's still alive today. I think he still does ministry. I mean, most of y'all probably know who I'm talking about. But uh, when he would come to town, I mean, we always went to his crusades. Packed out. I'm talking, you know, packed out. 30,000, 40,000. I mean, he would fill the arenas where, you know, hockey teams would play and, and football teams would play. I mean, he was going into those. He wasn't going into churches. He was going into large venues designed for large amounts of people. But honestly, most people were there to watch. They were there to, to spectate. This happened in the 50s when the, when the uh, you know, healing revival was taking place during that season. Let me just tell you, there, it's always healing revival season to God. God isn't up in heaven saying, all right, what's on the agenda this month? Okay, we're going to do, he's, he's like, I'm always healing. I'm always touching. But there's times where we just become more aware of certain things. But Brother Hagen, you know, instructed several of those healing evangelists, if you don't feel an anointing or a prompting to heal, minister the word, preach the word. And one of them told him, literally told him to his face, said, if I don't have miracles and healings take place in my services, people will not come. If I just teach the word, it's not what the people want. And then you get motivated by what people want rather than what God wants. Okay? So, again, that's why these gifts are important. But in a word of knowledge, God is is imparting information because he wants to minister to somebody. He's wanting to bring encouragement or wanting to bring profit to all. If he's revealing there's something wrong with your shoulder, guess what? Guess what he wants to do with that hurt shoulder? He wants to heal it. He's not revealing it just to... You know, I just, I just know that. You know, I just happen to know you're, you're struggling with your shoulder. No, he wants to do something about it. So a lot of times, a word of knowledge will be coupled with or paired with another gift, like a gift of healing, gifts of healing or a working of miracles. Or it may be paired with a word of wisdom, which we'll find out probably next week. Word of wisdom is what brings instruction or gives gives us a, a, the next step is what a word of wisdom does. A word of knowledge uh, typically reveals something in the past or the present. A word of knowledge typically reveals something in the past or the present. And like I just said, it's used in conjunction. And again, I'm teaching This is for the sake of teaching. This is not for the sake of us. When a word of knowledge is given, we start deducing. and Okay, what's it being paired with? What's he using? What's the the manifestation? What's the vehicle? That's not why we're doing this. I'm just, we're helping break this down. This is not cumulative, but it just gives you, sets an expectation. Word of knowledge typically is used in conjunction with a word of wisdom, gifts of healings, or working of miracles. If a word of knowledge comes forth and says, uh, you know, you're dealing with uh, pain in your shoulder. Yes, sir, I am. 
Start to move it. Start, start to move it around. That, that, then you just received a word of wisdom. The word of wisdom is the instruction on what to do. Okay? Now you've got a word of wisdom. Then healing begins to show up. Now you've got a working of miracles or a gift of, gifts of healing in operation. You see how the Lord is working all this for the, for, the, for the profit of all, for the benefit of all, so that he can minister to you. It's not about the gifts, not about the ministry, not about the operation, not about the word of knowledge. And now you don't go out of that service and I need more words of knowledge. I need, more words. So I need somebody to give me a word of knowledge. And I'm, I'm, I'm saying that because it's being done. I'm not making that up. There are literally people that have set up areas where we'll give you a word of knowledge. Come see us. It's almost like fortune telling. It's almost like, a, you know, what were those numbers you could call that, uh, you know, you could get, get one over the phone now. I mean, maybe it's a Zoom call these days. I don't know how it works. But, but that this is not something we go seeking after. It's to bring glory to God and bring profit to the body. Okay. Uh, a word of knowledge is typically manifest, and when I say manifest, um, I, want it, I want you to think of it this way. The way that it manifests is the vehicle that carries the word of knowledge. The vehicle that carries. So the vehicle is not the word of knowledge. Just because I get into a vehicle doesn't make me a car, Right? Still a human being, but I need a vehicle to transport. And so the word of knowledge will be transported or be manifested by some of these ways. Prophecy. A lot of times what we call prophecy or a prophetic word, it, you can, if you break it down, you'll find out, oh, that was a word of knowledge or that was a word of wisdom. It was revealing a fact about the present or the past, or it was revealing the purpose of God for the future or instruction for the future, that's a word of wisdom. So it's more than just a prophetic word. But I'm not trying to confuse you. We're going to get into it. Prophecy is one of the nine gifts. We're going to talk about what we call just a simple prophecy. Prophecy in its simplest form of encouragement, comfort, and exhortation encouragement, comfort, and exhortation. But that's simple gift of prophecy. But many times, the word of knowledge will come in the form of a prophetic word. It may come through a tongue and interpretation. Again, that's just the vehicle that's carrying it. But at the end of the day, you say, oh, we just received a word of knowledge through the tongue and interpretation of tongue. Uh, We can receive a word of knowledge in a dream. Receive a word of knowledge in a dream. A current state of affairs. Okay? We see this in the Bible. Visions. Dreams and visions. Um, Angels. Angels. We don't hear a lot of those today, but there are angelic visitations. Obviously, we see those in the Bible where an angel will give a word of knowledge, speak a word of knowledge to someone. And then the uh, last one I have, and again, this is not cumulative. I'm not covering all of them. I'm just covering some of the most uh, common ones, an audible voice. You may receive a, a word of knowledge directly from God himself in the form of an audible voice that you hear that no one else hears. These things happened in the Bible, and they're still happening today. 
Let's look at a few examples. Acts chapter 9. Y'all doing okay? Class is in session. Y'all ready for the bell to ring? (laughs) Acts chapter 9. It's hitting the shouting, running, dancing stuff, but it's, it's, it's good to know the word of God and what his plan and his purpose is. I was talking with Chase as we were walking down. I was kind of just, you know, regurgitating some stuff to him, where we're going. And uh, he made this statement, you know, I was talking about, you know, I'm trying to keep the spirit and the intent behind these gifts, not trying to lose people in protocols and procedures. And he said this, yeah, formulas never make great followers. But that was really good. Not trying to give you a formula, okay? Not trying to get it. If I do A plus B, it'll get C. We're not trying to do that, okay? These, this is all spiritual, but it's just helping us understand how some of these things operate and understand the heart of the Father. Acts chapter 9, verse 10. Now, there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him, the Lord said in a vision, Ananias. And he said, here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. Now, right there in that verse, just verse 11 alone, look at how many specific, pinpoint specific items are mentioned just in that verse alone. He gives him the, he tells him that it's a street. He tells him the name of the street. He tells him who owns the house. He tells him the name of the one that's in the house. He tells him where that person is from. And he tells him what he's doing. There's no way for Ananias to know all that information without a spiritual manifestation in operation. Right? There's no way he could come to that knowledge on his own in that moment. And we see that the vehicle or the manifestation that was used was a vision from the Lord himself. From the Lord himself. He's not even sending an angel to to conduct this business. Now watch this in verse 12. And in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. At the same time that Ananias is receiving this vision and receiving this word of knowledge from the Lord with all these specific details, Paul is receiving a vision himself. Paul is receiving a vision while he's blind. He can't even see at this point. Remember, the Lord blinded his eyes when he knocked him off his horse on the road to Damascus. This is amazing. And with pinpoint accuracy, he sees a man named Ananias. Paul knows there's a man, and I know that man's name, not just some guy. Ananias. And he's going to come in. He's going to put his hand on me that I might receive my sight. He sees this take place. That's incredible. All right, so. We see the word of knowledge in action here through the course of a vision from the Lord. And then we see all the specific pinpoint details that are taking place there. 
uh, go to Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2. Another cool thing to highlight about Ananias is he was not an apostle. He was not a teacher. He was not a pastor. He was of no fivefold ministry gift whatsoever. He's just, he's a lay member. He's a disciple. He's a follower of Christ. And he's operating in this capacity. But we talked about that last week. Don't ever limit or write off how God can use you. In fact, it is your responsibility to operate in gifts of the Spirit. And you may find in many of these instances that you have, you may start thinking back or reeling back to times where the Lord used you with a gift, with, with either a power gift, a revelation gift, an utterance gift, and, and it may open your eyes and say, wow, that, the Lord was using me to minister to that person. I didn't even know. Remember, we're trying to recognize that the, the, the spirit life for the believer should be as natural as what feels natural in this world to us. You know, it, it, it's interesting because um, it's, it's almost, a you know, I see it as a tactic of the enemy to make this stuff unfamiliar to us. Like, to be honest with you, if, if 90% of the stuff that happened in the Bible happened today, if it wasn't just something that we read about, but if it was something that we watched, if we watched Waters Part, if we watched 300 men stand by and watch an entire army obliterate themselves, I mean, could you imagine if we just got a news report tomorrow morning that all the Russians killed themselves and the Ukrainians just stood by and watched? And right now we're thinking, oh my God, but that, that stuff happened. <laughs> and I think that we've, we've got to get to a point where this stuff doesn't blow us away as it does. It's got to be understood that to God, this is, from, this is, this is how he lives. This is common to him, not common in a bad way, but common in the sense of, yeah, that's how I work. I'll turn enemies on themselves. You won't even have to fight. We sing songs about it. We dance about it. We shout about it. But what if it really happened in your life? What if he did some of the stuff that we read about? I mean, what if in the middle of a service, a demon-possessed man just started throwing himself on the floor, and, and would we all get fearful and run out of here, or would we do what... what because, you know, back then it was just Jesus who knew how to handle it. Now I got a room full of Jesuses that know what to do. We ought to have no problem. And y'all shouldn't be looking at me like, Pastor Mark, what are we going to Y'all should be able to handle it. He's just as big on the inside of you as he is on the inside of me. You see what I'm saying? So don't, don't fall for the lie and don't fall into the trap of religion that this is some stuff that's real far off in the future or real far off in the past. He's doing this stuff right now, in the present, right this moment. This stuff is applied. <laughs> so I can preach a little bit. I can, I can preach and teach. We throw it all together. Mark chapter 2, verse 6. Some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why does this man speak blasphemies? Reasoning where? Said in their hearts. I mean, that's like the depth of the depth. Sometimes you can read people's minds because their minds are all over their face, right? This is in the heart. They're reasoning in their heart. 
Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Verse eight, but immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Jesus, in that moment, just received a word of knowledge. Information that he could not have gained or known or learned on natural ability alone. But by the Holy Spirit, it says that he perceived what they were thinking. He perceived what they were reasoning. And then he just asked them the question. How would you like to get asked about something you've never uttered? (laughs) How would you like to get asked about something that you've only kept in the depths of your heart? But it makes it undeniable that God is in the place. It makes it undeniable that God is wanting to move in that situation. Now, a lot of times, you know, with the word of knowledge, a word of wisdom, you know, people get scared that, you know, the, the, the apostle or the prophet's going to read their mail in front of everybody. But what you do in that moment is now you're questioning and challenging the nature of God. That he wants to embarrass you. That he wants everybody to know your internal secrets. But that's not how God works. That's not how God operates. God does not. God is not in the business of showing everybody your mess. Okay? So word of knowledge and word of wisdom, these aren't things to be fearful of. You want them in operation. Desire these gifts. Don't be ignorant of these gifts. Want to see these gifts in operation. But again, the enemy brings in these lies and he brings in in these deceptive tracks of thinking. Remember, deception doesn't mean right from wrong. It means right from what looks right. I don't need discernment to tell the difference between right and wrong. I need the difference to tell the the difference between right and what seems right. So sometimes we buy lies that, you know, are, are, they, they, they seem like they are right, but they're not because they're not in line with God's word. And so we're not going to buy the lie that God is trying to do something, you know, that would attack his, his nature and bring his, uh, 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 Character into question. No, he's doing it for the profit of all. We've already read that. But Jesus in that moment knows what they're reasoning, what they're thinking. Give you one more, John chapter 4. John chapter 4. We have the story of the woman at the well. Uh, We're going to start with verse um, 16. John chapter 4, start with verse 16. And Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. And right there it might seem like, oh, wow, we finally got Jesus. He doesn't know what he's talking about. But in the very next sentence it says what? Jesus said to her, You have well said. He was setting her up. 
but he knew. You have well said, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband. In that, you spoke truly. Again, Jesus receives a word of knowledge in this instance by the Spirit. Remember, Jesus is not the all-knowing like God is the all-knowing. He's 100% God, but yet he put on humanity. He shed off his divinity. And so he is operating on this planet, on this earth, with a submission to the Father and being empowered by the Spirit. So Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is operating, not showing us what he can do, but showing us what we can do. And so he's having to lean on and yield to the Holy Spirit just as you and I are. Don't discount and discredit and say that, uh, well, you know, that's Jesus. That's the Son of God. Of course, he knows her family. He knows her origin. He knows uh, what her troubles are. No, he's receiving that by revelation of the Holy Spirit, just as we have to yield to the Holy Spirit and receive the word of knowledge by revelation of the Holy Spirit. Very important to note this. Very important to recognize this. Okay, so he is receiving uh, a word of knowledge in both of these instances. And again, there's other accounts for the sake of time. I'm giving you three. Uh, Last thing I want to make mention of that I, I, I hit on a little earlier. But a word of knowledge is not knowledge in the sense of intellect. Knowledge is not in the sense of intellect. It's it's it. What? It's not a word of suspicion. Oh, yeah, we could go there. It's not a word of suspicion. Yeah, the Holy Spirit never guesses. Now, it might seem to you when you see someone operating in a word of knowledge that maybe they're trying to hone in, but they're just trying to be sensitive to the Spirit of God. We are all imperfect people. We can miss it. And that's what I love uh, what I love about Dr. Gee. He told me this back. Uh, in the room uh, before the very first service, he said, I just want you to know, I am here under your leadership. This is your church. And if anything takes place or anything is out of line of what you want as the head of this local church, I'm submitted to you. He made this statement to you. He says, I consider myself as part of your staff. I'm submitted to you. Now, as as the head of the church, it's my responsibility to make available to you gifts and ministries and operations that differ and vary maybe from the gifts and ministries and operations that I consistently operate in. That doesn't mean I can't operate in a word of knowledge. It doesn't mean I can't operate in a gift of faith or a gift of healing. But his ministry lends itself to that, is yielded to that. So we bring in these gifts. For Kingdom Rise Conference, we're intentional to bring in ministry gifts. We're not just picking our best friends or who we think might do a good job or or, or who's charismatic. I'm bringing in a teacher. I'm bringing in a pastor. I'm bringing in an apostolic leader. I'm bringing in someone that can operate in the prophetic. bringing in someone that operates in the evangelistic gift. Why? Because they're for your benefit, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry. 
We're intentional with that. We're not just randomly picking off of a off of a squad and seeing who can fill our calendar. It doesn't work that way. We're hearing by the Holy Spirit, and He wants you be to be able to be under all of the ministry gifts, not just mine. That makes sense. And so when He's operating, He's very transparent. Very, you, you remember, he's very transparent. If I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong. I mean, there's, there's times I've had people give me a prophetic word, a pathetic word, <laughs> a prophetic word that's not even close. It doesn't resonate with my spirit. If you receive a word of knowledge and it's not true, that doesn't mean that, well, they're, they're the man of God, so it must be true. No. A word of knowledge is, is one of the most pinpointed of the gifts because it's dealing with the past and the present. A word of wisdom has some wiggle room because it's dealing with the future. Now, you can get specific instructions for the future. And then it becomes conditional on you to follow those instructions. Y'all hearing me? But it's easy to question the future. You can't question the, the present and the past. You have a pain in your shoulder. Yeah, I, I have a pain in my shoulder. But now if you don't have a pain in your shoulder, that's not where you sit and say, well, maybe I'm supposed to have a pain in my shoulder. <laughs> Doesn't work that way. These are, these are vessels. We are vessels. And, and a, a, an individual, a true man of God, a true woman of God that operates in these gifts will make known, look, I, I can miss it but I, I sense the Lord is leading me. I'll give you a quick story real quick. Just, just today, I mean, literally on, on the way here this afternoon, a good friend of mine down uh, in St. Augustine, uh, he and his wife, they've had the opportunity. He's been going to this uh, rock climbing venue down in St. Augustine. And he said, you know, the crazy thing about it is I guess the only people that are interested in rock climbing is homosexuals and drug dealers and people that smoke weed all the time. So he said, it's been an awesome opportunity to witness. And I mean, he's sharing stuff with me that's like, my gosh, this is what we all should be doing. Let's find a rock climbing gym. And, and so he says, look, we live distinct. They know, they, 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 they joke. I guess he's not, I guess, I, I guess he's not coming to drink with us. I guess he's not going to come, come over to the bar with us. And he's like, no, I'm not. You're crazy. I'm not going. They, they'll still ask him and pester him and bother him. But, but, but slowly but, but surely, he's picking them off one by one. And there's this one young girl that they were telling, telling us about just the other night at dinner. It's a homosexual and in a homosexual relationship, in a lesbian relationship. But they've befriended her, and, and they know, uh, you know, where they, the, the girl knows where they stand on everything. Well, you know, I, I, I guess they broke up over the weekend or something. And they had been together for a really long time. And so the girl called them yesterday and said, I, can I come over and just, you know, meet y'all for lunch? I just want to talk. I mean, why? Why? You know we're nowhere on the spectrum. You know, but, but just a drawing. And so he told me, he said, on the way to lunch, uh, you know, I'm just praying in the spirit. Lord, you know, lead me. What do you want me to say? What do you want me to do? I mean, you know, how do you deal with that in the natural? And he said that he got a, he said, I, I, I got a word. I got a word for him. And so, you know, 
Of course, he's hoping that it's accurate, as anybody would. I mean, when you get a word of knowledge, the first thing you're thinking is, what if I'm wrong? What if we could switch that over to, what if I'm right? What if that was our first, okay, this is it. And so he's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with it. Gave, a, gave her the word that he felt on the way over, and boom, just tears just opened up. It, was, it had something to do with how she was raised. I mean, something that he, there was no way he could know that piece of it. Just met her a couple months ago in a rock climbing gym. They have no history, have no past. They don't know anything about each other. And by that word, and it made it undeniable, there's something. And then he could just drop seed after seed after seed. That was him yielding to a gift of the Spirit at a rock climbing facility it wasn't in a church wasn't in a meeting wasn't during a conference wasn't some big showy thing it was just one-on-one that's this is the stuff we're talking about this is the kingdom of heaven coming to the earth and realigning and now that person's life we believe will be forever changed that the seed has been planted and she might be thinking oh these freaky people you know how how do they how do you know that where'd you get that who told you that no It's the Holy Spirit. And God loves you so much. That's what they brought it back to. God loves you so much that he would reveal that to me, share that with you, because he wants your life changed. And all glory to God. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaithbaldosta.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.